be available on Thursday against the Phillies. Jansen did suffer a bruised right ankle when he got struck by a comebacker in the ninth inning Tuesday night against Philadelphia. Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoya confirmed Thursday that Ryan Baraki will make his next start in the majors. That'll either be Sunday in Detroit or Monday at home against the Indians. Gene Segura is back in the Phillies lineup on Thursday. Good news as he's been out with a heel issue the past two starts. And in the NBA, Czech Diallo has agreed to a two-year deal with the Suns. The Pelicans didn't pick up the qualifying offer. And Reggie Bullock is going to miss some time to start the 2019-2020 season. The new Knicks guard had surgery on his back. The team said they'll have their medical staff update reporters later this summer. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome inside Studio 34. This is the best friends forever. No Greg Sussman. He's out partying his bachelor party down in Fort Lauderdale. Actually, I don't know how much partying he's doing. Texted me today and said, quote, there's no water here in Fort Lauderdale. Not really sure that, what that means. Hope everything is all right with Greggy down in Florida, but he's out celebrating his bachelor party. Today on the show, we will be previewing the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets from a fantasy football perspective in hour two. We got some future bets for you both for the NFL and for the MLB. I mentioned we, so that means I must be joined by somebody. It's Matt Modica. Modica Thursdays here on the show. What's going on, Matty Mo? Hey, what's up, Frank? How's everything? Uh, happy Thursday. Hope Mr. Sussman's enjoying himself. I can only imagine what uh, Sussmania is up to. Uh, a lot of lounging uh, we've seen in the past. Loves his pools. Loves fruity drinks. Uh, loves Dave's Ma- Dave Matthews Band. So... That might be someone's cup of tea in terms of, uh, there you go, this is some uh, previous footage that we've had of him in Florida, uh, but certainly not mine. So I uh, hope Greg is enjoying the bachelor party there. Matty Moe, are, are you a Dave Matthews Band kind of guy? Uh, I'll admit to when I was younger, I did like some. Uh, I have not listened in probably the last 20 years, though. My man, thank you so much for uh, <laughs> for confirming that. That means we're going to have a great show. We're going to have a great show today. As I mentioned, we're going to be previewing the Bills and the Jets pretty funny because me, the Jets fan, I had to get a fellow Bills fan on the show, Florio Friday, that's tomorrow, so Mike just misses out on one day talking about his Bills, but uh, I had to bring in a Buffalo Bills specialist here to help me preview them. Matt, overall, how do you feel about the Buffalo Bills heading into the season? Look, we know the New England Patriots are still going to rule the AFC East, but overall, what's your feel for the Buffalo Bills heading into the season? Uh, Let's say that I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I, look, I don't really see them winning more than eight games. I think that's the benchmark. 
which is unfortunate. And until Brady and Belichick retire, uh, I don't see anything changing in the AFC East. I think as far as real NFL versus fantasy, I'll probably enjoy watching the Bills more than having their players on my team. That's probably fair to say. And I think even from a fantasy perspective, like it might be ugly at times this year with Josh Allen, but we've, we all saw what he could do with his legs last season. We're going to talk about more about that when we come back from the break here on the show. I also thought it was interesting. You know, I was, I was texting Matty Moe last night about this. I don't know that there's anybody who understands this more than you. I mean, there's a lot of people that are dual fantasy sport athletes, I guess you could call them, or analysts. But um, we're still right in the thick of fantasy baseball season, and we're all starting to do our fantasy football research. Matt, I mean, how do you handle the grind? It's just, it's tough, man, because I don't want to let anything slip through the cracks when it comes to baseball. And obviously, you know, we're competing in high-stakes leagues against each other in the NFBC, the main event. Uh, we have other industry leagues that we're taking part of as well. Uh, it's really tough to balance this time of year. How do you how do you normally handle it? Well, that's one hundred percent correct. As this is where fantasy baseball championships are won over the next two months in August and September. But what I try and do is just stay focused on the NFL season year long. You know, my commitments to baseball when we're doing the draft season and all that. But once the NFL draft approaches. You have to be tuned in. I, I think most people are. And look, I'm not saying you're heavily invested, but you are paying attention. You're seeing who the new coaches are, uh, the new schemes that may be run, the free agent acquisitions, the draft picks, and how that's going to culm- culminate and affect such teams. But I, right now, I'm kind of breaking my days down between baseball and football. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're all trying to do here. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, at Roto underscore Frank, I mean, last night I went through a barrage of baseball tweets, and then I threw out a few Patriots tweets in there, some Sony Michelle, Julian Edelman. We were talking about them yesterday on the show. So, uh, yeah, I've got both going on right now as well between baseball and football. Going to completely switch gears here for a second, Matty Mo. Are you a fan of the It series? Because they just released the the, the latest trailer for the, the Chapter 2 of the It movies, and it looks amazing. I did see the first one. I saw it on cable. I liked it. You know, I'm not really big. I'm not really a big horror guy, but I thought it was pretty cool. Something, you know, I I like the storyline of it. I don't know if I'm going to the movies to see it, but I'll probably watch it when it comes on cable. So what is, uh, what, what's the ideal movie that Matty Moe's kicking his feet up and watching? Is that like a, like a mafioso kind of movie? What, 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 what do you got, Matt? I kind of like, like, um, so, you know, Godfather, if you're going that direction, good fellas, yeah, obviously, I'll play the stereotype there. But uh, pretty much real-life drama, you know, stuff like that. I, look, I, I like a good blockbuster every now and then. I think the CGI has gotten a little too out of control. But I'm f- looking forward to seeing uh, what's the movie Quentin Tarantino's dropping end of the month. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I saw that he's coming out with a new movie. Is that one with, uh, does it have Leonardo in it? Oh, uh, yeah, Leonardo, uh, I think Brad Pitt's in it. There's Once a Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Margot Robbie, who's, you know, one of my favorites. Yeah, it does look pretty interesting. I saw that, too. Uh, I went to the movies recently. What did I go see? Oh, Midsommar. Very, very weird movie. Very weird movie. Admittedly, that was, uh, that was one where I just kind of gave into the fiancé, and I was like, all right, we'll go watch this. Very, very weird movie. But uh, I did see the, the preview for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Looks pretty good. Can't complain uh, when it comes to Quentin Tarantino. You know his movies are all over the place. But as I mentioned, look, we have some Bills talk coming up. We have the New York Jets 
coming up as well here on the show. Mentioned, you know, Matty Mo mentioned that, you know, we're looking at what teams are doing in the offseason in terms of bringing in coaches. Now, they didn't really change anything coaching-wise, but they brought in a ton of free agents here in terms of uh, John Brown and you know, Cole Beasley. So we're going to break all that down. We're going to break down their pass catchers, the quarterback, Josh Allen, LaShawn McCoy, the running backs, all that coming up next. BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the BFFs. Frank Stample joined by Matt Modica of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at CTM Baseball. Matt Modica will be writing a weekly stat-centric fantasy football article with The Athletic this season, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Keep your eyes peeled and ready once Matt Modica starts. Matt, did you start writing any football yet, or is that an in-season thing that you're doing? No, that should be happening uh, next month. All right, so starting next month, August, get ready for that. Uh, make sure you're looking out for Matt Modica's uh, it's going to, going to be a stat-centric article with The Athletic regarding fantasy football. Let's jump right into the Buffalo Bills. I had to do that in my Gabe Morency impression. I think Gabe's actually downstairs. I probably should have just invited him up here and have him ramble for an hour about the Buffalo Bills as well. But what I mentioned before the break was the key additions here for the Buffalo Bills. Cole Beasley, they bring in Frank Gore as well. They bring in some offensive linemen. They get a new center with Mitch Morris. They also draft Cody Ford in the second round. Nice little draft deal there. So the offensive line should be improved. As of now, they're ranked 19th by Pro Football Focus. I want to start off with the quarterback position here, Matt Modica, and Josh Allen. We can all agree that Josh Allen has a lot of things that he needs to work on from a pure quarterback perspective in the NFL. We know that he has a cannon for an arm, but he does have accuracy issues. Um... He wants to throw the ball down the field, but he also has uh, accuracy issues in, in that part. He can, honestly, if, if this guy was playing for the Chiefs, that would be fun to watch. Just throw it up to Tyreek Hill nonstop. But as I mentioned, uh, they, they have surrounded him with some weapons here. You know, they have Robert Foster from last year, who was a, I think, an adequate deep threat. They bring in John Brown, who has experience at the NFL level as a deep threat as well. They bring in Cole Beasley as a safety blanket, and they still do have Zay Jones on this roster. Matt, how, do you, how are you viewing Josh Allen right now? Because I, I was talking to a few of the guys downstairs in the pit earlier, and I'm looking at my quarterback rankings, and I have Josh Allen ranked higher than some legitimate quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think sometimes it's hard for fantasy owners to separate real-life NFL quarterback play from fantasy quarterback play. And what I mean by that is Drew Brees is not the fantasy quarterback that he once was. I truly believe that. I think the Saints have proven over the past couple of years they want to play better defense, and they want to run the football. Tom Brady, I think you could say a similar thing for the New England Patriots. And while we're on the topic, Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson didn't run as much last year. He saw a career low in pass attempts. And to me, Josh Allen is nowhere near the quarterbacks that those guys are at the NFL level. But what he can do on the ground makes him very, very intriguing from a fantasy perspective. Matt, what do you think about Josh Allen? 
Oh no, he's he's absolutely intriguing as a fantasy uh, quarterback. The thing is, I mean, he's not a top twelve for me. I'm gonna be honest. Is he a top fifteen quarterback? You're basically betting on his legs and not his arm. Now, as you mentioned, they brought in John Brown, who I like. I, I like John Brown. He's had health issues, uh, which has been unfortunate in the past. But uh, I believe a stat, I think he was fifth in fantasy points per touch among wide receivers, according to Pro Football Focus last year, which is uh, a stat I do like to look at. But I wish he was the Bills' number two wide receiver, not the number one that he's going to be coming into. So when I look at Allen, yes, Beasley is a safety blanket, but, I mean, Cole Beasley is, what, 50 receptions, maybe 500 yards? You know, that's like the high end of his uh, output that you're looking at. Robert Forster is the intriguing one here as a lottery pick or a guy that could be a waiver wire boom for the fact that he does stretch the field. And Allen's best attribute is throwing the ball deep. He's a much better deep throw than he is. He he really has he really struggles throwing the pass that every NFL quarterback needs to be able to make the short intermediate passes. And I'm I'm hoping that you know we see the maturation. But my main question would: Do you have him for over under 600 yards? Is he going to rush for more six or more touchdowns? I mean, these are questions you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's going to be how ultimately he returns his fantasy value is on the ground and the ability to, you know, rush for over 600 yards like Matt mentioned. And, you know, if he can add five, six touchdowns on the ground. I just think the way that I watched him play was last season, he has to get better at going through his progressions. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But if his first read was covered... Most of the time, he was just taking off and running, and he was making plays with his legs. And he was making awesome plays at that. I mean, I know everyone's going to remember this play from last year against the Minnesota Vikings where Mm -hmm. he legitimately hurdled a defender that was coming at him. Like, these are things that Alvin Kamara does. Like, the most freakishly athletic running backs in the league. Josh Allen did that last year. So, the athleticism is real for him. There's no doubt that he has to get better in terms of going through his progressions and, you know, not panicking and and standing upright in the pocket. A lot of that comes down to his offensive line, which I do think will be improved this year for the Buffalo Bills. But we did see some progress last year. The offense under Brian Dable got off to a really, really slow start. They averaged just 10.7 points per game and 248 yards per game in in uh, in their first 10 games of the season, first nine games of the season, their final seven games. Those numbers went up to 24.7 points and 363 yards per game. And I got these stats uh, per Sports Illustrated. In 2018, Josh Allen averaged 10.99 air yards per attempt. That was top in the NFL. Allen had a deep pass rate defined as passes that traveled more than 15 yards in the air 28% of the time. That also led the NFL. So that just kind of works itself back into what we said. This guy wants to throw the ball deep. And if it's not open right away, he's probably going to take off and make plays with his legs. As you mentioned, and as, you know, we're going to continue to talk about here with the pass catchers, they tried to get Antonio Brown. Like, we all remember it. It was that late-breaking news on, like, a Thursday night. We're all tweeting, freaking out. Antonio Brown, you know, uh, he rebutted that uh, very quickly on Instagram. He said, no, I'm not going to Buffalo. Just straight up, I'm not going to Buffalo. I remember when Jordan Matthews was in Buffalo, he said, look, there's nothing to do there except make babies. So I guess that's why Antonio Brown didn't want to come. But they tried. 
This Buffalo front office, they tried. And ultimately, I think that they surrounded Josh Allen with, you're right, Matt, they don't have a number one wide receiver per se, but they have a lot of guys that can do things that are good for Josh Allen's skill set. Like, when you have Robert Foster and John Brown on the outside, those are two legitimate deep threats that can take the top off a defense. And when it comes to Cole Beasley, while he's not going to be a world beater for fantasy... I mean, he's a solid safety blanket. So, you know, as we talk about him going through his progressions and if, you know, he was looking for the deep ball or something down the field and it's not available, at least he has some of those safety valves now available with a Cole Beasley and a Zay Jones. Uh, So I think that while the Bills tried to go out and make a splash and get an Antonio Brown, they did everything they could, I think they recovered pretty well in terms of trying to surround him with the best weapons. Is that something that you would agree with, Matt? Yeah, no, I I agree to the fact that they did make the attempt. Uh, when the player doesn't want to go there, there's nothing you could do. I would choose Hollywood over Buffalo in most instances. Maybe football-wise, I, I might have went the opposite way here, but maybe that's my bias. But, I mean, for me, I'm just looking at it where the Bills, it's, it's, it's really the offensive line here. Can the new center... Can the draft pick, can these guys step in and gel? Because I think they do have upside there. I'm just not sure if it's all going to come together this season. Yeah, we shall see. I thought it was a really good job, though, again, bringing in a veteran center like that. Something I wish that the Jets would have done. Something that they should have done. They had money to do it. Maybe that's part of the reason why Mike McCagnan is no longer the general manager of the Jets. But I think when you have a young quarterback like that, you do want a veteran center who can come in and obviously make calls at the line of scrimmage and you know help things go smoothly on the offensive line. I think that's a good way to word it when it comes to Mitch Morris and the Buffalo Bills there. Uh, Just for some last-second stats here when it comes to Josh Allen in terms of his rushing. From Week 12 on last year, after the bye, he was not a QB1, the QB1 last year in fantasy points per game. Only eight passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. That was in a six-game stretch. He averaged nine rushing attempts per game, 79.3 rushing yards per game. That prorates to uh, almost 1,300 rushing yards, so we're not expecting that on a weekly basis. But he did have five rushing touchdowns during that stretch. So if we could see some of the passing numbers go up in terms of touchdowns and keep somewhat modest rushing, you know, in that 40-yard range, something like that, I do think that Josh Allen does have QB1 upside. When we come back, we're going to the pass catchers, the running backs here for the Buffalo Bills, Frank Stanfield, Matt Modica, the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. The dog days of summer are here, and you can pad your account before football season. Swing for the Fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. 
Become the 8th Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizer that has produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Welcome back to the BFFs. Frank Stanfield joined by Matt Modica. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at CTM Baseball. No Greg Sussman today or tomorrow. He's out celebrating his bachelor party before he ties the knot with uh, good old Judy. So we won't have Greg Sussman the next two days. Tomorrow, I believe we'll have EY and Florio on the show together, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, But for the rest of today, we are previewing the Bills and the Jets from a fantasy football perspective. And I'll just throw this out there for anyone listening on demand or or listening uh, or watching on YouTube right now. Francisco in the chat brought it to my attention that he was trying to find the show in podcast form. So wherever you listen to the show, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Wherever you listen to your podcast, it should be listed under The BFS now. So if you're searching Fantasy Best Friends Forever or Fantasy BFFs, just search The BFS and you should be able to find us on any one of those podcast providers. Make sure you leave us a five-star review, uh, a five stars, uh, and leave us a review. And um, we would appreciate that. We would appreciate that. And, uh, you know, if you, send us a, if you give us a five-star review, screenshot it, send it to us. We'll hook you up with something. I don't know what it is yet. Something with Roto Experts, Daily Roto. We'll buy you a beer, you buy us a beer. Something. We'll figure it out. But the Buffalo Bills pass catchers here, Matt. I want to jump into this. We kind of mentioned them a little bit while we were talking about Josh Allen. If you had to choose somebody to lead this team in target share this season, who would that be? Who is the first person that you want to draft in fantasy football this season in terms of the Buffalo Bills pass catchers, if anybody? I mean, I'm hoping it's John Brown. Uh, is it going to be a Zay Jones or a Cole Beasley? That's a possibility. And I don't know how successful the Bills are going to be if that is the case. So I'm really hoping that John Brown is the guy that they lead, uh, that leads this team in targets. But not something I, I could bank upon. And real quick on Josh Allen, for me, in a regular 12-team uh, football draft, like I do the NFFC where we do 30 rounds so he's a very suitable second quarterback but for me, maybe you know, I, he's my second quarterback I know a lot of people wait on quarterbacks we don't really value quarterbacks and those type of things, but I think he does have that upside where if he does really pop he could be a league winner in most cases Yeah, I agree with you on that. Look, it's just the rushing upside for fantasy. We've seen terrible quarterbacks be awesome for fantasy just because of their rushing production. Even Tim Tebow was fantasy viable at some point because he ran the football. So I agree with Matt when it comes to that. I think, look, in a super flex league, I think he's a viable quarterback too. I love him for best ball as well. So if you do any of these best ball drafts on uh, the NFFC, the MFL 10s, if you do them on the draft app, if you draft two or three quarterbacks and you wait, Taking, Buff- uh, taking Josh Allen as one of those quarterbacks, I think is a smart idea, specifically for best ball, because I think, as we saw in that later part of the season last year, where he was like the QB1 over the final six or seven weeks of the season, he has legitimate upside. So, especially in best ball, I like him a lot more there. Yeah, everyone wants to wait on quarterback. 
I don't know that I would want him as my quarterback one. If I take him, I, I might want to pair him with a veteran who I think is a little bit more stable. So you have someone who's safe and then someone who's a little bit more volatile. But I do agree with you when it comes to that, Matt. I, I would prefer Josh Allen as my QB2. Or in a super flex league like the Scott Fishbowl, I ended up with Carson Wentz as my QB1, and I got Josh Allen as my QB2. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I did want to uh, just talk about Robert Foster real quick. Like, trying to figure out the pass catchers here, it's a mess. You know, Matt spoke about John Brown, how, you know, he thinks he could be the guy or should be the guy. And while we're on the topic of best ball, both Robert Foster and John Brown are going to be awesome for best ball. I mean, you've heard this year in and year out when it comes to Deshaun Jackson. (laughs) These players are in similar molds. I mean, they might be boom or bust. They might catch one pass for 50 yards and a touchdown. And if they do, that's perfectly fine. You don't need anything else that day. But they might come back the next week and give you a dud. So... In terms of trusting them in a redraft league, I think you could take a shot on one of these guys late as your, you know, one of your last round picks, your wide receiver five, your wide receiver six on the end of your bench. Um, but I do think that they are better for best ball. I lean a little bit with Robert Foster. I hear what you're saying with John Brown. He has, um, he's done a little bit more in his career at the NFL level. He has more experience, obviously. But I just really like the the size speed combination for Robert Foster, Matt. Because you look at him, six foot two. He ran a four four one forty yard dash. Um, you know, he was wide receiver 15 after the bye week last season when Josh Allen took over, uh, where, you know, he was averaging 67 yards per game, 17% target share. He was first in yards per reception last year, first in A dot. You know, he had an A dot, average depth of target of 22.9. So you've seen a lot of those targets down the field. Um, and he was second in terms of yards per target as well. So I think we're on to a little bit something here with either Robert Foster or John Brown. I lean with Robert Foster. Matt Modica leans with John Brown. Uh, Matt, do you have any interest in Zay Jones or Cole Beasley? Personally, I just feel like they're going to kind of spread this attack around. I kind of wish that they didn't sign Cole Beasley so that Zay Jones could have been the primary slot receiver for this team because it seemed like in the second half of the season he was really starting to build off things. Um, But ultimately, they do bring in Cole Beasley, and I think that caps some of the upside here for Zay Zay Jones. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. That definitely muddied up things. with the addition of Beasley. But like you said, he is a proven safety blanket. Allen's going to need somebody like that. Real quick on Robert Forster, I think he's a perfect player, a perfect component in the Josh Allen offense in going deep, as you stated, the dot numbers, the uh, yards per reception. He fits it perfectly. Uh, and he's, to me, a, a lottery ticket player here where you know he can get you those big games on just a couple of catches, as you stated, best ball, perfect for that. The other last thing for the Bills passing offense is their tight end. I know he really didn't put up numbers in college. Uh, it seems like he's going to be a star, a very good chance of being the starter out of camp. And he's a super athletic kid. So he's somebody to uh, keep in mind. He's a watch list player. I'm not telling you, you know, draft him as your tight end one and stuff. But somebody to keep in mind, you know, after a couple of weeks, he's maybe somebody you're adding. I don't know how this offense is going to play out, but something just to, you know, write down on a piece of paper, keep in the back of your mind. I agree with you 100%. I actually have Dawson Knox written down here in my notes. And the note that I have on him, really athletic tight end. Exactly what you mentioned. Six foot four, <laughs> 254 pounds. He ran a four six four forty. That was in the 84th percentile among tight ends coming out of college. So I do agree. I like Dawson Knox. And, you know, I'm just going to wrap this all up in terms of the pass catchers. Zay Jones, I said this downstairs. I mentioned this to uh, Florio as well. 
Zay Jones rem- uh, reminds me exactly of Robert Woods from when he was there. I think Zay Jones, you know, he leaves this team after his rookie contract. He ends up going somewhere else, and they turn him into a star. Because I do think that Zay Jones is a player. I think I think he is a legitimate NFL player. I think he flashed a little bit last year. I just don't think that the Buffalo Bills have given him the right opportunity. Um, you know, maybe he hasn't picked up on some things in the playbook. Like it could be partially on him, but I do think he's a player. It wouldn't surprise me if a couple of years from now he ends up with another team and ends up taking off. So I'm just going to throw that out there. You're playing uh, dynasty leagues. You have any Zay Jones shares? Um, I would look forward to once he's not on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, big things coming for Zay Jones. Matt, we get to the most intriguing of all, and that is the <laughs> Buffalo Bills running backs. This is just a crapshoot, man, because LaShawn McCoy, one year older, averaged a career-low 3.2 yards per carry, 161 rushing, rushing attempts last year, were his lowest since his rookie season. He scored just three touchdowns. Two of those came in one game against, you guessed it, my New York Jets. So that means he only scored in two games total last year because he scored two of those three touchdowns against the Jets, of course. So seems like he's kind of... His athleticism, I feel like, is starting to fall off a little bit, and he was someone who relied so much on being able to, as his Twitter handle says, stop on a dime. And and the cuts and and things that he was able to do in his prime, there's no doubting how great of a player LaShawn McCoy was. I just don't know how much is left in the tank. And then on top of that, they bring in Frank Gore, they bring in TJ Yeldon, and they sign Devin Singletary. Do you have any interest in the Buffalo Bills running backs? Uh, no, not outside of a, you know, like Singletary. I was, I didn't touch McCoy last year with everything going on and I didn't like the Bills offense. So I'm, I think this line has a lot of promise. It's, you know, definitely an upside offensive line. I'm just not sure if it can gel or it might take a few weeks before it does. But like you said, you got McCoy, you got Gore. So that's even, that's just another headache. Uh, I did like the signing of T.J. Yeldon. I think he's a really good pass-catching back. Uh, something Josh Allen, you know, needs to improve upon is uh, his passes to the running back, believe it or not. And I think that could really aid and assist his game. So I really like the Yeldon. I like the uh, Singletary selection. So I'm going to lean more towards those guys, if anything, like late. As far as the other two, I just I've been off Gore for so long. There's no way in hell I'm going on there now. How can you, Matt? It's the ageless wonder, <laughs> Frank Gore. The guy averaged 4.6 yards per carry last season at 35 years old. It's just crazy. He continues to get it done. Uh, he was a thorn in the side of all Kenyon Drake owners last year. I'll never forgive you for that. Well, it was more so Adam Gates, who, of course, we'll get to after the break in the New York Jets. But uh, I agree. You know, it's targeting Devin Singletary late in your drafts, especially in best ball. Um, this is just, this running back by committee is just completely up in the air. You don't really know how it's going to shake out here, but uh, Devin Singletary, someone who did rush for over 43, nearly 4,300 yards, 67 total touchdowns at Florida Atlantic. When we come back, the New York Jets, Frank Stanfield, Matt Modica, the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Hey, 
thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the BFFs Fantasy Sports Network. Frank Stample joined by my buddy, Matt Modica. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball. We're going to have an awesome article coming out in August, fantasy football-related article on The Athletic, so make sure you keep your keep your eyes peeled for that. Get ready for that coming in August here. we got to talk about the New York Jets. My, J-E-T-S. True story, Matt Modica. The... Day that the Jets signed Adam Gase to be their head coach was one of the most upset days that I've ever been as a fan of any sport in my life. Does that seem like an overreaction? I don't know about that because that's how I stopped being a Jet fan was first they moved out of Shea Stadium to Giant Stadium in Jersey, which I never liked them playing in Jersey or especially in a stadium called Giant Stadium. and they. Resigned the coach. What was his name after '86? I can't. Remember, I can't remember his name. I couldn't. He was terrible. One of the worst coaches I've ever seen. And the USFL had folded. Jim Kelly was coming and all that. And that's how I became a Bills fan. They were the only New York team, even though they're basically closer to Canada. <laughs> Would it be Joe Walton? Is that who it is? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled up Jets coaches on Wikipedia. Admittedly, was NFL perfect. history is uh, not my strong suit. Uh, so, you know, anything before, you know, the year 2000, not really my strongest suit in terms of fantasy football or football in general. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know what Adam Gase has done to earn a head coaching job. I thought that, you know, if he wasn't, if he didn't get this head coaching job from the Jets, he probably would have ended up as a maybe offensive coordinator somewhere, maybe a quarterback's coach. Maybe he would have ended up in college. I don't know that any other team in the NFL was going to give this guy um, a a legitimate opportunity as a head coach following what he did with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, He's supposed to be a quarterback guru, but I guess we'll find out. I want to start with the quarterback. I want to start with the most fantasy-relevant player on this team, and that is Le'Veon Bell. Matt, we saw how everything went down last year with Le'Veon Bell, the the holdout with the Pittsburgh Steelers, probably the biggest fantasy football bust of all time because he was, for the most part, still, you know, during draft season, July and August, he was still a top three top five pick for most of that time maybe like once we got really close to week one and we were doing some late drafts like he fell down the draft board because people were panicking but he didn't play a single game so he's gonna go down as one of the biggest fantasy football busts of of all time last season Um, but I feel like based on his ADP right now he's going you know the later half of the first round in in terms of uh, NFFC ADP right now he's going at uh, 10.36 he's the seventh running back off the board I feel like this is reverse recency bias because we haven't seen him play for so long. People are forgetting how good Le'Veon Bell is. What do you think about his current ADP? What do you think about him being the seventh RB off the board? Are you buying in at that point? How do you feel about Le'Veon Bell? 
Yeah, I mean, going back to last year when we were going live in the NFFC and the news broke, he was even going still into the second round. Maybe he was more towards the end. So you're 100% right. One of the all-time busts from people that, you know, paid that price, either the first or second round. But, look, I've always been a fan of Bell. I know you got the Pittsburgh Steelers system. And for me, he's probably my number six running back right now. I don't like the fact that he did not play last year. I know you can say, look, he didn't take any hits. He's healthier and stuff. Still, being away from the game is not great. Here's my biggest dilemma. I think he's getting the volume. I don't think that's an issue. Regardless, if that guy who signed him is not in power anymore, they paid him a ton of money. He's a talent. And Gase is going to have to use him, especially when you look at the other running backs that they have. I don't really see where you're going with another option. But unlike with the Steelers, who always had a good run offense, uh, offensive line that could run the ball and stuff, I don't see that with the Jets. Yeah, they did make one signing, but I think that's they're hoping to possibly protect uh, the, the quarterback with more so with that signing and that guy returns to form. So it's a really tough decision here with Bell because I believe in the volume. But I think the Jets probably have a bottom five offensive line. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, does the volume outweigh efficiency here? And I think that's what you have to ask yourself when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. There's no doubt that he's been a workhorse in his career. He's averaged 19.8 carries per game, five receptions per game. You know, he's one of the most unique, one of the most patient running backs in the NFL right now. He might be one of the most patient running backs in NFL history. You know, just that I've seen someone that legitimately waits behind that offensive line uh, for his holes to open up and then, you know, makes the most of his opportunity. Will those holes ever open up on the Jets' offensive line? I think that's what the worry is for Matt Modica. He has three uh, three seasons of 75-plus receptions in his career. I mean, this guy was Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey before those guys were even in the league. So I just want to remind people of... Yes, he didn't play last year, but let's remember what he is capable of. And I, I also agree, Matt, that look, they signed this guy to a lot of money, and I think that they are going to run him into the ground. At least the first couple of years of this contract, I think that they're going to try and get their money's worth. And, you know, I was one of the biggest haters of Adam Gase last year because of the way that he used Kenyon Drake. But he Adam Gase did produce a top 12 running back for fantasy purposes back in 2016 that was Jay Ajayi. So at least we have some idea of, okay, Adam Gase has used a running back as a workhorse before and has produced a top 12 running back. Obviously, we want Le'Veon Bell to be better than top 12, and he's more talented than, uh, than Jay Ajayi is. So we'll see what happens here. I, I agree with you. I think the volume is there. I do have some question marks about the efficiency overall, but... You know, if he was if he was in Pittsburgh, he's probably what still a top three, top four pick. He'd be going, you know, with the those those top Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. He'd be going in that range. So you're getting him at a bit of a discount. You're getting him, you know, later half of the first round here because he doesn't have that same offensive line because he doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he doesn't have Mike Tomlin. But overall, I do think that the volume is going to be there. I don't really have a problem for where he's going at that, you know, late first round, early second round. If you can get him there. Adam Gase is supposed to be a quarterback guru. We're, so, we're going to find out very quickly because Sam Darnold in his second year is expected to take a huge step up based on what he did in that final month of the season, Matty Moe, where he was rated as Pro Football Focus's best quarterback over the final month of the season last year. Um, 
He averaged 232 passing yards per game. He had six passing touchdowns during that final month. He had just one interception. I remember watching that game against the Texans where he was going back and forth with Deshaun Watson. The next week, he was going back and forth with Aaron Rodgers, just an absolute shootout. He threw for like 350 yards and two touchdowns. I think there's talent here for Sam Darnold. I just don't know from a fantasy perspective. I think he's probably a year or two away. Like We might get a... Between 3,500 and 4,000 passing yards, maybe like 24, 25 passing touchdowns. And just given the landscape of the quarterback position, I, I don't know that that's going to be enough to pay off for fantasy this season. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. Look, I'm a Bills fan. I don't like saying nice things about Jets, but, you know, for fantasy, you got to be objective. And I'm a UCLA fan, and I do not like USC, but I really like Sam Darnold. I wish I was so upset when the Jets traded up. I knew that meant the Bills had no shot unless they traded with the Giants, and that didn't come to fruition. So I really like his future. I, I like the addition of uh, Jamison Crowder. If he could ever stay healthy, uh, you know, adds another weapon in that offense, especially in the slot. So the, the key for me is can he be protected? Is he going to be allowed? Like you said, that last month, he really showed uh, – he really showed what he can do in the future. I think you nailed it as far as fantasy goes. These are the questions I've written down. Like, how many attempts is he really going to have? He's in that 3,600 to 4,000 range for me, 20 to 25 touchdowns. And, you know, is he a top 20 quarterback right now? I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't really think so. Maybe squeeze him in there. But I do like this kid's future. I think the Jets uh, made the right selection there. And I think down the road, the Giants will regret it. In terms of NFFC ADP, Sam Darnold is the 25th quarterback off the board right now. Can't really argue with where he's going there. I keep saying the number for me, Matt, is 22 in terms of quarterbacks. There are 22 quarterbacks that you can legitimately start as your quarterback because number 22 right now in NFFC ADP, Tom Brady. How crazy is that to say, right? Like, Tom Brady is 22, then Josh Allen right above him, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson. Uh, the quarterback position is legitimately deep. That's why, you know, for anyone watching or listening out there, this is why you keep hearing people talk about Superflex leagues because I, I'm an advocate of them. I condone people playing in Superflex. That means you can flex a quarterback in your fantasy football league. And just given how deep the position is, I think that that's the way that things should be trending uh, but I do agree with you when it comes to uh, Sam Darnold for fantasy. He's probably outside that mix. Like, I'd still rather have Tom Brady than him. And then it's like Derek Carr, Andy Dalton. I probably would rather have those guys just because I think uh, the weapons might be a little bit better there. Uh, but it remains to be seen. I think Sam Darnold might have upside uh, in the future in terms of if you have this guy for Dynasty. But uh, ultimately, that's going to be Adam Gase's job to help him get to that next level. You know, Matt... A lot of talk about Adam Gates being a quarterback guru, and I could just do a whole show about how much uh, he is not a quarterback guru. But, you know, they call him this because he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator of the year. He threw for, like, 500 touchdowns. Peyton Manning is his own offensive coordinator. Exactly. I, I really don't think that Adam Gates had much to do with that. And then, if, if someone wants to throw out the counterpoint that um, he helped get the most out of Jay Cutler, if, uh, if by that you mean... You know, he threw more touchdowns than interceptions. I looked into all of this. Jay Cutler, the season with, um, with Adam Gase as his OC, he threw for like 21 touchdowns and, and 12 interceptions and maybe close to 4,000 yards. It wasn't a good season by any means. It's not like he turned Jay Cutler into like this awesome quarterback. So 
I don't know. Is there anything that you've seen that, like, has earned him this title of quarterback guru or, you know, as much control as he has gained with the New York Jets? It's just, it's just so baffling to me. I don't know how we got to this point where Adam Gase is basically in control of everything in the New York Jets. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I'd say Christian Cavallari got the most out of Jay Cutler. Uh, so look, I don't know. He, he won a power struggle with the GM, got him fired. Uh, I mean, that press conference alone was one of the most insane things I've seen. I'm with you. I, I like Kenyon Drake. I don't know what the hell was going on there last season and the stubbornness and all that. But I have to say, I think the Jets are trending in the right direction here. I think Robbie Anderson, you know, they're saying they're going to use him in a lot of different ways this year, which I hope is true. He right now, I think, is like a, he could be like a seventh-round stud uh, if you go according to his current, you know, draft status and stuff. And as I mentioned, I really like Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder just needs to stay healthy for a year, and we could, we could possibly see some good things. You heard Matt Modica mention Robbie Anderson. He's wide receiver 32 off the board right now in the month of July in terms of NFFC ADP going at pick 74. So, yeah, that's early seventh round. So you're getting him at that 6-7 turn. That's pretty consistent with what I've seen in best ball drafts so far. Uh, first and foremost, when we're talking about Robbie Anderson, awesome hair. The guy has awesome hair. I, I, like, I wish I could do what he does with his hair. Uh, unfortunately, I... I I don't really have the capability to pull that off, but um, awesome hair when it comes to Robbie Anderson. But legitimately, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit. We have like a three-minute segment coming up after the break where, you know, we could talk a lot about Robbie Anderson because he's getting hyped up. I have a few more question marks when it comes to Robbie Anderson, and I don't feel good about it because I want to like Robbie Anderson. You know, I've watched him make plays at the NFL level, and I think he's a player. I think he's talented, and I think him and Sam Darnold have a little bit of a rapport there. But there are a lot of mouths to feed this season for this Jets team. So we'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back. We'll wrap up our one here. With Matt Modica, I am Frank Stanfield. It's the BFFs on the Fantasy Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the Welcome back to the BFFs. Frank Stample joined by Matt Modica. No Greg Sussman. He's out celebrating at his bachelor party. We got about three minutes here to wrap up. Robbie Anderson, so I want to do that quickly with Matt Modica. Robbie Anderson last year finished as wide receiver 35, but it was really what he did in that final month of the season with Sam Darnold. Once Darnold really, really got things going, he was wide receiver 5 during that final month. And I remember picking this guy up in a few leagues and just riding him out and you know using him in DFS, and he was just awesome every single week. 39 targets during that four-game stretch, 23 receptions, 528 yards in just four games. 
a 13.5 average depth of target. So he was working in the intermediate and down the field as well. A 31% target share, Matt. That's where I have pause. He did all of this in the final month of the season. I realize he's wide receiver five during that time, so we're not expecting him to be that. But he did all that damage on a 31% target share. I'm just looking at the addition of Jamison Crowder and the fact that Quincy Inunua is back with this team. And Le'Veon Bell is now here, and you know that he's going to get a ton of targets as well. And it all kind of adds up to me being a little bit worried about Robbie Anderson. Is that something that's in the back of your mind when you're drafting him? Well, I think you're right to say, look, 31% uh, is unrealistic. So let's bring it down to a realistic uh, range for him, which which I think he, he can be a very good player. I think there's a lot of talent here. And having a rapport with uh, Darnell is, is very big. So for me, I want to see, like they're saying, they're going to use him in various different ways this season. Because the one thing I have... Uh, I look at it that you didn't mention is his inability to score in the be used in the red zone or score in the red zone. You know, I think he's got 15 touchdowns. Only three of them have occurred in the red zone. Uh, two inside the 10. So I think he's a guy you're hoping is utilized more in that aspect to uh, buoy him uh, throughout the season. But I, I think if you're looking for something in the low to mid 20s, is a more realistic. Uh, range of percentage. Yeah, I think that's fair for the target share. I see the path to him being awesome this year. You know, if Crowder gets hurt and Inuma gets hurt because they are injury-prone players. But I want to thank you, Matt Modica. Coming up next in hour two, Alex Fasano joins me in studio. It's the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Don't go anywhere. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 